today's American Christianity, it's just something we try to add on to our lives. It can't be, this doesn't work if you just try to add it on to your pre-existing life. You have to lay down your life. You do. It's you. no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives in me. So it's an exchange. It's, it's I'm laying down my life and picking up his. That means that I have to lay down my life. I don't get his life with my life still hanging on. I have to lay down my life and as I do so, he gives me something far greater. But the humility that it takes to be willing to lay down my life. Welcome back to the WordCast podcast. This is episode three. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I'm Matt. This is my wonderful wife, April, and we are breaking down the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And so we're going to break down Philippians. We are on chapter two of Philippians today. I'm excited to jump into it. What do you, you got anything to start off with? Anything to say? No. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, words of wisdom. No. Uh, <laughs> So let's just it jump. It is wisdom to know when to speak and know when not to speak. That is wisdom. Absolutely. Twice as much as you're speaking. Absolutely. That's what I have to say. <laughs> See, you did have something to start off with. So we are going to jump in to Philippians chapter two. And we're just going to dive in and, and just kind of read a few verses. Just like if you're new here, this is our third episode. Highly encourage you to go back out and check out episode one and two. But uh, we just read a few verses, talk about them, and then just jump back in and keep going verse by verse uh, to make sure we, we really dive into what the Bible is actually saying. So let's jump in to Philippians chapter two. In Philippians chapter two, verse one through four, it says, If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love united in spirit intent on one purpose, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather the interest of others. Let's stop right there and uh, talk about those verses. I'll give you the chance to go first. Is there anything in those verses that just jump right out to you? I feel like there's a lot just in that intro. There's a lot in there. Like that's just like, okay, that's, there, that's there, there's some order. stuff. It is a tall order. There's some <laughs> stuff. Hard. There. Okay. So, Paul. <laughs> so what, what exactly, what, what's first something that jumps out at you? Um, was talking to the body of Christ in verse two, having the same love, United in spirit, intent on one purpose. Then verse three, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. I mean, that right there off the bat is like, that seems hard. It does. And it goes against our culture. So, so it's, I think it's interesting his wording here. He doesn't just say, consider others before yourself. He doesn't just say care about others or take care of others. He says, consider them as more important than yourself. And that's, 
that's a big one because it's one thing to say, Hey, love your neighbor, care about your neighbor, take care of your neighbor. It's one thing to say, love others. It's one thing to say, Hey, let's, you know, do things for other people and love others. It's another thing altogether to say that you should consider them to be more important than you. Yeah. And I mean, that's not saying he, he does say to look after your own interests, just not your own interests only. So he's not saying not only for your own interests, yeah. but also for the interests of others. Yeah. So he's not saying don't care about yourself or, or treat, you know, have bad self-esteem and think you're, you're nothing. You're just worms. But, but he is saying that your viewpoint of other people should be that other people are more important than getting your own things done. Then, then your own needs being met, meeting the needs of others is even more important than that. And I mean, to be honest, that's that's hard to walk out on a practical level. Yeah, well, it says um, having the same, uh, verse two, having the same love united in spirit intent on one purpose. I think the key is having the love of Christ, having the same love, loving each other with the love of Christ united together in the spirit and intent on one purpose. What do you think intent on one purpose? I think the, I think it's interesting. So the concept of being united for others to be intent on one purpose, like the purpose that he's been talking about all throughout chapter one is the advancement of the gospel. Yeah. Right. So in all of chapter one of Philippians, that's why it's important to read verses in context because, you know, study the Bible in context to what it actually says and not just grab single verses because the context that he's referring to is the purpose of the gospel being advanced through Paul's suffering. Mm -hmm. And so he's saying, have the same mind, be in unity and, you know, have the same mind, which we'll get to in a few minutes in chapter two, he talks about the mind of Christ. But he, I think the purpose that he's referring to is that, the purpose is that because I consider others more important than myself, that means that I am no, it's not about me. So if I have to suffer for the advancement of the gospel, that purpose, that intent of the gospel going forward is more important. Other people coming to Jesus and learn, knowing Jesus is more important than my own comfort, than my own self, than my own needs. And so that's the context of what he's talking about in chapter one. And he kind of, goes into that more in chapter two later on. So I think being intent on the purpose of advancing the gospel. Yeah. So it's like a mindset shift. Cause if you just wake up every day or you just have the idea and thought that I have to, you know, not only be, I just don't be selfish. Like that's your mindset It's just don't be selfish. I think that's harder to do if you don't have the mindset of, we're doing why what what is the purpose of this like why am i not being selfish i'm not being selfish because my purpose is to advance the gospel like the purpose of the body of christ is to have the love of god be united together as brothers in christ intent on one purpose which is to advance the gospel yeah i think and it's interesting to me that Paul's saying this, but I don't think Paul wakes up every day thinking, don't be selfish, don't be selfish, don't be selfish. He's not selfish. Him not being selfish is a byproduct of yeah. his men mentality, his mindset. So I think the key is that 
living selflessly and, and not selfish isn't about focusing on being not selfish. It's about focusing on others. It's about focusing on the advancement of the gospel. It's about focusing on other people. And I think what happens is if you're, if you're spending all your time saying, don't be selfish, I gotta, I gotta stop being selfish. I gotta do better. I got, you're what are you doing? You're being selfish. You're focusing on yeah. you. It's kind of like, it makes me think like if you wake up every morning, I'm like, I'm not going to sin today. Don't sin. Don't sin. Don't sin. And that's your whole focus is like, I'm not going to sin. I'm not going to sin. Don't sin. That's not how you, that's not the best way to not sin. The best way to not sin is to just look at Jesus yeah. and spend time with Jesus and look at how good Jesus is and how holy Jesus is and concentrate on God's holiness and God's purity and God's goodness. And as you look at Jesus, you become what you behold. So if you're focusing in on sin, not sinning, you're going to magnify sin and magnify yourself. Yeah. But if you focus and fix your eyes on Jesus, if you fix your eyes on him, he's going to be magnified. As Christ is magnified, the things of the world grow strangely dim. Yeah. That sin becomes a smaller, you're going to sin less if your eyes are fixed on Jesus. Your eyes are fixed on not sinning. It's not going to. Yeah. And that's the key. What you focus on, what you magnify is going to become yeah. the direction. You know, if you've ever been driving, I know I do this. You yell at me all the time for doing this. Me? Never. <laughs> Never. Me yelling. Um, what? If, I, if you're driving and you look over at something, your hands automatically start moving towards where you're looking. Yeah. So if, if, you're, if there's something over here in, and you're driving this way. And there's something well, they over call here. it rubbernecking. Yeah, and yeah. you're rubbernecking. You're looking <laughs> without realizing, without even intending to, your hands start turning towards the direction yeah. you're looking, and that's what it's. That's it's. It's like that. If I'm looking constantly at trying at myself, saying I'm I'm too selfish. I need to be less selfish. I need to be this, rather than looking to the other people that I need to be caring about, or looking to Jesus looking that to I need Jesus. to be. You know, if I'm not doing that and i'm just looking at self i'm going to magnify self and unintentionally turn and steer right towards self and yeah. i think so the key is quit what, what paul highlights these things don't be selfish do nothing out of selfish if ambition. i try just not if i just read that and be like oh crap i can't be selfish don't be selfish don't be selfish wake up do not be selfish that's not no because what's in your mind is selfish like yeah. in your your mind is dwelling on being selfish and that's going to cause you i'm so selfish oh no yeah. then you get in the pity party <laughs> well, it's me like i'm a terrible selfish person yeah and that's not biblical that's god there, there's a difference between condemnation and conviction right so conviction is recognizing hey i've got these selfish tendencies condemnation is oh my gosh i'm so terrible i'm i'm a I'm, i can never do this i'm you know i'm i'm not worthy i'm not and you just go on this constant nonstop talking about how bad you are. Not selfish. <laughs> yeah, that's selfish. Conviction is recognizing that though I am bad, God is good. So Well, too, I feel like when you're in condemnation, you're just dealing with it like yourself with yourself. But if true conviction, I should bring it to Jesus. Yeah. Say, God, you've convicted me of this. I can't in and of myself not be selfish jesus i can't so jesus you call me to not be selfish so jesus here here's my life i'm gonna fix my eyes on you jesus and jesus as i fix my eyes on you selfishness is going to be 
fade away. God is going to deal with selfishness. I love that verse. I don't know where it is, but Jesus is the author and the finisher, or Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. Yeah. So when Jesus calls us to be, do something, when Jesus calls us through the writings of Paul, when Jesus calls us to consider others better than ourselves, in faith, Jesus starts it, and in faith, Jesus finishes it. So Jesus does the work. Yeah. Jesus does the work in us. If, if we are in relationship with Jesus and if we are seeking Jesus and we are seeking his word, Jesus is going to make us not selfish. Yeah. And you can beat yourself up all day long about how you are selfish or how you're not living up to the standard of what scripture calls us to. But you're beating yourself up is never going to make you righteous. No, you it, can't. You can't because you, you can't. Yeah, it's only through the grace of God. So Jesus your is emphasis the only should one be... who can do. Because I feel like a lot of times people, and I've done it before, you read the Bible and then you leave it as, I just can't do this or I haven't done this. I'm not doing this. Yeah. But the only way we can do it is through, Jesus is the only one who can do it in us. It's Christ in us. Yeah. Jesus in us. Yep. And that if we try to do it on our own, we just devolve back into the very thing we're trying to overcome. Like our sin. Like we can do good works and not be righteous. Yeah. There's a lot of unsaved people. There's a lot of atheists who do a lot of good works and they treat people nicely, but they're not righteous. They're not holy. And that's, you know, if you, if you watch my YouTube channel at the word room, um, you can He's plug in his stuff. Plug in my stuff. I just made a video about the book of Job, and in that in that video, I show how Job has this mentality of works, working to God, but it, it doesn't talk about him walking with God or knowing God. And it's not until the end when he says, "I see, I've seen God. I get it." There's like, I, I, it's not just a distant. I'm working my way to you. Job was a righteous man in the sense of he did all the righteous acts but he was missing the one thing that he needed, which was connection to God. And it was in that experience he went through that brought him to actually encountering God. And I think we can do all the right things and try our hardest to just get rid of all the sin and get rid of the bad things. But at the end of the day, it is Jesus and him only that makes us righteous. And it is him and our connection to him that actually overcomes our evil deeds and forgives us and, and washes us clean. So we need to get to Jesus. And that kind of leads into, I mean, a little different, but Paul goes into talking about Jesus in this next uh, couple of verses. So let's look at the next couple of verses here. In the next verse, or verse 5 through 11, it says, Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him a name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that that passage there is so, so good. Um, there's so much deep, rich theology in those passages, but there's also 
just a lot of practical stuff. And I think both are, are just mixed together so well. But the thing that I immediately want to point out is it talks about Jesus being in the form of God. He existed, pre-existed, right, as, in, as God. But he did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. That's not the way the CSB says it. Um, the, the actual Greek word there is something to be held on to, something to be grasped. In other words, he, he, he was fully equal God, but he didn't consider his equality with God as something to hang on to, to exploit, but rather emptied himself. And that is a mentality. And Paul says, this should be the same attitude you have, mm -hmm. that you don't look at yourself even your good deeds. Let's say you're not the selfish one. Let's say you, you've done nothing out of selfish ambition, which let's be honest, all of us have at times. But let's just say they, there was someone who was Jesus's second cousin who, you know, did just perfect, just lived righteous, right? Mm -hmm. And did not do anything out of selfish ambition. Well, Paul says your mentality should be like that of Jesus who he didn't look at his own status of who he was as God to be something to be held onto and exploited and grasped, but rather emptied himself. You doing good things, you should not look at your good deeds, your good works, your good attitude, your good things, and say, hey, look at this that I've done. I should exploit that. I should hold on to that and say, look at it. You should empty yourself daily and say, look, even though I've done this, I'm nothing compared to Jesus. I empty myself. And uh, that's the mentality Jesus had. He laid down that rights as God, which is crazy. It's mind-blowing. Because Jesus, I mean, he is God. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's existed. He stepped into time, but he existed outside of time for eternity. <laughs> that makes sense. He it existed does, yeah. outside of time. That makes sense. But like before the world was created, and he steps into humanity. He steps into time and takes on the form of a servant. It's just it's mind blowing. Mind blowing. So, I mean, I think the incarnation, which is just a big fancy term for God becoming a man, that reality is probably the most mind blowing aspect of anything related to God I can think of. We talk. We talk about humility but it's like i can't even grasp that form of humility it's like the creator the sustainer eternal one king of kings lord of lords outside of time needs nothing in need of in need of nothing comes down to earth as a man subjects himself to time subjects himself to being trapped into humanity and and that level of humility. And then he tells us, Paul tells us in verse five, adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. And do that. <laughs> by you know, the way. Just, just by the way, live so that level of humility. That's the attitude. A servant. And that's mind blowing. But it's not. And what's crazy is it's not just the humility. So Jesus humbled himself in so many ways, right? Just going from the preexistent God, who, you know, I, I, I've said it before to, to other people, one of the most mind-blowing things is to think about Jesus being a baby. Like, think about, we, we celebrate Christmas and all oh, Jesus baby in the manger. But if you think about that, God, who created language, couldn't speak. Couldn't speak, yeah. 
like was totally dependent. The one who was dependent on no one who needed no one or nothing became totally and completely dependent. Totally and completely yeah. helpless. Like a baby is going to die if it's not it's got to be fed, fed and, and changed taken care and, of. Yeah. Like completely dependent, utter dependency, utterly helpless. Really? I mean, the one, I mean, as a baby, what, what do you think of the most helpless crazy. dependent thing on earth as a, as a baby? baby. And God humbled himself in that regard. And then he turned around and humbled himself by dying. That's what Paul says here. He talks about Jesus coming and humbling himself to death, being obedient to the point of death. And I think that's so significant because I think we, we think of the cross and we think of Jesus dying from this side of, of the covenant, right? On this side of the new covenant, we, we look back. And we see what all his death, you know, brawl. And we, but sometimes I think we lose sight of the fact that this is the God of the universe dying, feeling pain, suffering. And he didn't have to do that. And he didn't have to, but he, he did because he loved us. And that love, that humility, that, that's what Paul's talking about when he says, have no selfish ambition, but do everything for the good of others. Treat, uh, consider others more important than you. That's Jesus who is the most important. He is God. He is, he is Yahweh in flesh. And he, if you want to talk about someone who is important, Jesus, the most important, the one worthy of all our worship, considered us more important than his own life. Now we're supposed to do the same. Yeah. Have the same attitude. And imagine if we lived this way. Like, we don't. And I'm going to be honest with you, we don't. And we, we like to pretend we're all super spiritual and love Jesus. But the truth is, not, we, we don't live like this. And we, we try. We do. I mean, I think a lot of people try to live like this. But I can't, I can't say I've lived like this in any like, real way. Like I, I've tried. I've, I've cared for other people. I, I've given myself for other people many times. But that constant mindset of laying down my life, like considering others more important than my own life mm -hmm. is insane. Yeah. I feel like people might do that for their children or their immediate family, but a stranger or just someone in the church, I feel like. Yeah, we, we don't, <laughs> we should. And that's how Paul is saying tells me so. for the Bible tells me so. And I just feel like there's this, and, and one thing I was telling our church that I was actually, I preached at our church today. And one thing I, I said is that God has really been speaking to me in 2024 about getting back to the simplicity of just Jesus. Like getting, like so often we look for the things of Jesus and the things Jesus brings us. And I mean, even good things like, you know, in his presence is fullness of joy. So we, we need joy. We're going through something hard. So we need strength. We need all these things from God. And we begin to seek those things rather than recognizing those are just a byproduct of Jesus. And if we just seek Jesus and that mentality of getting back to Jesus is also not just getting back to being with him, but getting back to being made like him. And that the level of humility that Jesus himself walked in and continues to this day to walk in is something that I think we need in the church. Um, 
what could we how could we change the world if we lived like that yeah and i think one of the things that drew some of the early converts in in the early church was the level of just humility and loving others because they gave their lives for the gospel they gave their lives for it yeah and that means something so it changed their lives because they laid down their lives and gave their lives it wasn't something they just tried to add to their lives i feel like a lot of times today's american christianity it's just something we try to add on to our lives it can't be this doesn't work if you just try to add it on to your pre-existing life you have to lay down your life you do it's no longer i who live it's christ lives in me you have to lay at this on exchange your life yes it's an exchange it's it's i'm laying down my life and picking up his and that means that i have to lay down my life i don't get his life with my life still hanging on Mm -hmm. i have to lay down my life and as I do so, he gives me something far greater. But the humility that it takes to be willing to lay down my life mm-hmm. and to that getting rid of selfish ambition, that's, that's the key. That's the key. Do you have anything on those verses you want to add? Um, I don't think so. I think we covered it. I think we did too. And I think, honestly, I think I want to end there and we'll cover the rest of chapter two in the next episode. I feel like there is, there's a, if you're listening to this, whether you're listening via audio or on YouTube, there is a call to us as believers to be conformed into the image of Christ. And to be conformed into the image of Christ means that I let go of my image. I let go of myself. I let go of my own will, my own desires, my own ambitions, my own. I lay that down. And that doesn't mean that God doesn't give me new desires or give me desires and, and God doesn't work with what we will. But it does mean that his will, his desires, his heart is more important to me. And that involves laying myself down for others. That involves the advancement of the gospel for others to see Jesus through my life, through my suffering, through my death, through my joy, through my uh, good times, through hard times, that in every moment of my life, that my life would reflect who Jesus is. Yeah. I feel like we can't point others to Jesus if we're not looking to Jesus. Like we have to first have our eyes on Jesus and be looking at Jesus if we're going to point others yeah. to Jesus. How can we point others to something we're not looking at? Yeah. Imagine if I asked you to describe um, what Times Square, New York looks like mm-hmm. if you've never seen it or been there. Yeah. Like you can't describe it. you saw it once. Yeah. Or, you yeah. saw it once. You're trying <laughs> to go off like, memory. You know, there's some big buildings. Imagine someone who's seen it once or twice, maybe watched the, you know, the ball drop on New Year's Eve and seen it there, um, but has never actually been versus someone who lives there mm-hmm. explaining that place to you. Yeah. Which one, ha- which one gives you the more vivid image? And that's how it is. You can't explain Christ, not just explain verbally, but with your life. You can't present Jesus to someone yeah. If you've, you know, you've seen them once, once, twice, you heard some stories about them, 
versus someone who walks with him. And if we want to present Jesus to others, if we want others to see Jesus in our lives, it involves us laying down our lives and looking at him. And if we can do that, yeah, God will be glorified. Mm -hmm. So that is where I want to leave you. I hope you had got something out of this. I hope you dig a little deeper. The whole context of this podcast is about digging into scripture and just think, talking through it, inviting you into a conversation. So I invite you into the conversation, have a conversation with your family, take what we talked about, get your family together and, and dig in and talk about it and just dig through the scriptures together. I hope you enjoyed this and we will see you next time.